This podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. A quick warning. This episode contains discussions of mental health, eating disorders, and life struggles in general that could be triggering for some. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Delina. I'm Diane. And I am Gabby. And this is One Podcast Fits All. A show about three amigas who refuse to fit in. Opening up about our struggles with a comedic twist. It's Tuesday and it's One Podcast Fits All Day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for following us on social media. We are One Podcast Fits All in all the platforms. And today, before we get starting, we have a beautiful trigger warning. Beautiful trigger warning. It's a beautiful, pretty. It's so beautiful. (laughs) beautiful. The most beautiful trigger warning. Sorry. It's the most triggering warning (laughs) you've ever triggered. Um, No, seriously, guys. We're We're going to get deep, guys. We it are. sounded like Diane. Yeah. Oh my God, that was that was. We're gonna get deep, guys. Oh no, you're gonna, you're gonna. Oh no, Diane, no, now you're I gonna know, take I over my life. You're oh gonna God, take over yeah. my life. <laughs> this episode is about Dianeception. Dianeception. Oh no. Which rhymes with depression. <laughs> Dianeception, depression. So we are going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about maybe anxiety and or, or panic attacks. Just, just and ADHD, most likely. ADHD. So just keep in mind that when you're listening, if you're having a tough day today, maybe listen to the tattoo and piercing episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. And hear about one. me overexposing myself some more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so today we're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about uh, well. Me and Delina or Delina and I don't have that much experience with depression because we've never been uh, diagnosed with depression. Right. We've never really, I guess we've never really felt real depression. Yeah, I don't think that it's affected us in a way where we've been, where we've had to go get help. Or it interferes help. with our life. Exactly. Right. Versus Diana, we were talking about this before we started to record and got a little bit emotional. Um, Diana has been struggling with depression, anxiety, all these wonderful things for Many wonderful years. Lucky husband of mine. <laughs> Lucky friends of mine. Right. And Diane, you've been having a particularly tough time this, this past few weeks. So we kind of wanted to take advantage. Take advantage. <laughs> take advantage of my sadness. Of sadness. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, it could be a cathartic experience yeah. to talk about it. And maybe eh, en español hay una expresión que se llama mal de mucho consuelo de tontos. So, like, when you find a community that's going through the same thing as you are, you feel less alone. Right. Yeah, so hopefully this, if, if you're struggling with any of these things, first of all, definitely uh, get help mm-hmm. and talk to someone who might offer the comfort that you need. And, um, yeah, hopefully maybe maybe this will inspire some people to, you know, seek See, therapy. Yeah. And, again, none of us are mental health professionals. Yeah. So, please... Especially me, I'm going to talk about my personal experience with depression. I know it comes in different shades and shapes and sizes and... It start. It's it manifests differently in different people. Welcome mm-hmm. to Fifty Shades of Depression. Depression. That the real Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> but point being, I just want. I'm talking about my personal experience versus 
someone else's. I'm not speaking for, I'm not the representative of all depressed right. people. So Diane, when did you, when did you first feel that there was something wrong, quote unquote? Well, looking back on my life now, now with the lens as an adult, I feel like as a kid, it already started manifesting itself. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I it's know. okay, sweetie. It's okay. I feel like there's a big difference between depression and sadness, right? And I was doing a quick Google search and I found on <laughs> healthline.com, um, sadness is a human emotion that all people feel at certain times during their lives, right? So Delina and I, this will be our case. Like we felt sad, sadness before. Right. Feelings, but it's never gone on longer than, right. you know. So feeling sad is a natural reaction to situations yeah. that cause emotional upset or pain. And there are varying degrees of sadness. But like other emotions, sadness is temporary and fades with time. Um, depression is a longer term mental illness. It impairs social, occupational and other important areas of functioning. Left untreated, symptoms of depression may last for a long time. Mm hmm. Yeah. So that would you say that it's also sometimes it's worse than other like it just like sometimes it gets bad and sometimes you can manage it a little bit better. Yeah, I it, there's different waves or there's sometimes where I get a little bit of an intrusive thought and I put to practice what I've learned in therapy. I've done various different forms, hypnosis, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Some of the more like looking at your family history and things like that. Um, so, yeah, there's some times where it's easier to cope than others. Yeah, for sure. But we were asking about when I felt like it started. I could say, and this is, and I hate to say this because, again, I, I feel, you know, like I never really talked about this when I was a kid. But I remember as early as eight years old having thoughts of suicide. Mm. Not so much oh, this is how I'm going to do it. But there, and I still do this to this day, unfortunately. Again, I am seeking professional help, so I don't want barrages of people trying to tell me, you're, you're going you're to make it. You're, you're going to make it. Do it. I know I'm going to make <laughs> it. I'm, you know, I'm in treatment. But I can remember as young as eight thinking, well, if this tree falls on me, then I die right here. Or, you know, if I get run over by this car, I get run over by this car. Oh, well. Or if this car goes in the canal, this car goes in the canal. The dangers of growing up in Little Havana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I re I can think back. And also, and, and, and all three of us were talking about this before we record, we, were, we started recording about bullying. And most of us have had the experience of growing up overweight and being made fun of, being made fun for, made fun of because of your weight. Mm -hmm. And how socially acceptable it was. I mean, you saw it in movies and TV shows all the time. And it made people, you know, people didn't feel bad about making fun of me. And there were times where I would get home and I I would tell my mom, I want to die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are the, I love my parents and they did the best they could. And I think they were trying to make me a mentally tough person. Mm -hmm. But... This was the same thing when with my ADHD, where my mom is like, oh, it doesn't exist. Right. It's because in his Hispanic cultures, 
It's be strong, right? It's uh, take your mind off of it by doing something else. Like it's not something that you need to go get treatment or see a doctor right. about. It's just you're just feeling sad. Right. Put like what was it you said? Put some makeup on. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Exacto. You know? And I can definitely relate to that too because the yeah. same thing when growing up, like I would be made fun of and I would be bullied and I had zero friends at school mm-hmm. and I would beg my mom every day to just let me stay home. Yeah. But like I I get it. They had to go to work. Right. You know what right. I mean? Now, in hindsight, I understand that I, they had I, to make a living. Yeah. You could, and I couldn't just stay home right. and not be educated. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would, my mom was a stay home mom. So sad days, was, she was like, she wanted me to stay home. Yeah, because I was like the baby, she, you know. I was uh, uh, like my sister, twelve and eight years older, so I was like the last one. Right. So anytime I was like, "Oh, I don't feel good today. I don't want to go to school." Which, yeah, school is really hard, especially like just because of all of the politics and you know, especially when you're little. Like uh, kids are fucking heartless. Like they will go after you. Yeah, yeah they, they will let you know what's wrong with you. Yeah. And that's why, and that's where, but too, I, yeah, of course, yeah, comedy is our, is my coping mechanism. Yeah. To get, I I, I didn't want people making fun of me. I was better at it than them. I wasn't going to let people. You want to get the first word in. Right. Like, if you're going to make fun of me, fuck you. I could do a better job than that. Right. But I feel like we were lucky in the sense that we don't have. I'm not a scientist. The depression gene or, right. the, or the depression chemicals are not right. imbalanced in our brain. Right. So D, like, when did you start getting help? Well, it took a long time, you know, throughout high school. Again, I would feel this way, but I did what a lot, a lot of masking. So putting on like a, a mask and putting on this front that um, everything's okay and fine. And in fact, that's why I'm very, per- my personality is very performative in the sense of every time I tell a story, it's as if I'm putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when I'm having conversations with people, I'm putting on a performance of I'm happy, I'm great, I'm wonderful, look at me, happy-go-lucky, I don't give a crap, I don't give a shit about life, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get treatment until I was in my mid-20s is when I finally sought out treatment. I, even in, in, in college, I would feel this way, but, and looking back on my college experience, so for example, we had a... I was roommates with a very, uh, with a very good friend of mine. She, you know, she went to Miami Dade, and then she, she got into Florida State. I'm like, oh my god, I'm already here. Come up, let's, you know, let's room together. And there'd be times where I stayed home because I would just say I was tired. But th- looking back on it, there were days where I was I was in bed. I just was in my room, and I didn't socialize at all throughout college. Throughout college, yeah, there were times where. And I didn't know what that was. And the funny thing is that in college, there were resources available to me, but yeah. Was, but if you weren't aware, right? Like that's the thing, like uh, uh, about like rare diseases. You know what? It, not I'm not, not saying that depression is a rare disease, but like for example, there's this TV show uh, on Netflix about this doctor who helps patients that have weird diseases to right. help get a diagnosis. Right. And right. that's the importance of diagnosing this because if you have some weird disease that you've never heard of. How do you know that you need treatment? Yeah, you don't know what you know until you know. Like, you know, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. You, know? <laughs> you don't know what you know until you, until know. you know. And now you know. And now so you when know did you, you know. so when did you finally know no? 
you said in your 20s like what was what happened that you said oh, I that should probably start getting help for yeah. something well so let me so I was very good at school and that's another thing I got made fun of because I was a nerd I everyone would be like I hate school I'm like yeah me too and I secretly loved it because I loved learning about new things I loved reading and researching and looking into things and college you know I was saying going to school I was good at something right I was getting praised for being good at something I graduated cum laude without even trying like I could have tried a little harder to have been summa cum laude or whatever but you know I wanted to have fun in college too the intrusive thought right there you graduated cum laude bro that's amazing yeah don't diminish it yeah. <laughs> right but you, you get what I'm saying I'm not trying to diminish it but I'm saying like it wasn't a super hard my, I was working three jobs at the time too. Kind of, you were you you, right. you had good things. So so then what happened? When did so you- when I started working and I didn't have school? That's when ADHD, depression, and anxiety reared its ugly head because I no longer had to learn. Like my main preoccupation was not learning; right. it was putting it to use. It was so, doing. So you learning right. was a huge coping mechanism. Yeah, like I was able to distract myself with books and look. You know, finding the answer to questions. And do you think that the fact that learning also has deadlines and like goals structure. and like markers helps? Yeah. No, no, for sure. Cause even in college, I didn't have as much structure versus high school. A lot, in, in fact, a lot of people that I met my freshman year of college flunked out because they didn't have that structure that they had at home living with their parents. I mm. somehow was able to. Thrive in that. Also, I'm what in in like Cuban Spanish we call umolero or molera. Tengo buena abuela, so I was able to BS my way out of a lot of situations and talk. You know, I would be really nice. I was always really nice to the professors, and I would go to their office hours just to kind of shoot the shit about whatever topic. I I enjoyed having these, you know, conversations about political systems in Latin America or communication theories and things like that. So if I didn't turn in something on time, they would sometimes cut me some slack. So even if I didn't have as much structure as I did in high school or middle school or things like that, I was able to get away with a lot. Well, but I also think that, in, like, yes, you do have certain pressures and certain things in college, but I feel like it's a little different when you get into the the work the world like you now not only you're not just your life is not just about going to school now not only do you have to live on your own and pay for your own shit you gotta get a job that doesn't you know like it's a lot uh, it's overwhelming getting going from college to having to live in the real world and do and put that shit to practice i could understand why suddenly all of that overwhelming shit Mm. finally like I'm lucky because when I, I didn't go to a formal college, I went to a conservatory for acting. That's why I'm rich. Um, <laughs> so I needed to start to work immediately after high school because, first of all, my entire family was like, you're not studying a real thing. <laughs> so go figure it out. So I feel like I had that shock of the real world really young. And in part, that kind of protected me from depression and it protected me from all these things because I was so busy just surviving and just like hustling and paying for my classes and paying for my rent. And I left home because I was superior than everybody else at that point. So like, I feel like all those things really, really helped me to just not pay attention to my inner thoughts. Right. So tell us about, um, how has therapy helped? Um, it's made me realize a lot of 
the things I do to mask my my symptoms and it's brought more a awareness to when depression rears its ugly head like you can pick up on what right what is developing the, and how to catch it that's before interesting it what, are, what are some of the signs um usually for me um it's just for example there are times where i dread go i love to perform i give me a stage i will be on it i am a attention whore i i i'm I'm a self-professed attention whore. But there are times where I'm like, I really don't want to perform today. I don't think anyone wants to see me at all. Like So like lost interest, um, sometimes changes in appetite. So I've actually, and, and I used to be so sad that I would eat too much, but there are times where I've been so sad where I don't eat at all. Um, also just feeling tired, um, fatigued, um, just and again, um, intrus- I get a lot of intrusive thoughts um, in terms of trigger warning, suicide, um, suicide. Um, just you know, no one's gonna miss me. So I mean, it kind of starts off as like a lack of interest in things and just not feeling well, not being able to sleep. Just it starts off with some physical things and just, and then it kind of manifests into a mood and and thought. You know, and then the spiraling of intrusive thoughts. That's what I feel like. Also, though, that kind of goes hand in hand with with the ADHD. You think? Yeah, because all the thoughts. That's yeah. ADHD, and then now you're depressed. Well, and now they have a nice little waltz together. It's not only that my thoughts are intrusive; it's just they're coming so fast right. and so plentiful. It's like it's a machine gun. ADHD of yeah. is like the. Is the fast and furious of mental illnesses in the sense of, <laughs> you know, it's like you're worthless, you're a terrible person. Oh, you should fall, slip, and fall on a knife. You should. It it it, it comes at me so quickly, and also because my ADHD was undiagnosed for so long, I I just felt so worthless because I couldn't keep a, I couldn't keep my room clean. I couldn't be organized like other people. I I would always lose things. And I just felt, I, I felt like I couldn't live. I, I, this is something I tell my husband sometimes when I'm depressed. And I start getting it, it, the phrase of, I don't know how to live life. Sometimes life can be hard. And when you have depression, it's like carrying a cloud, a dark cloud everywhere you go. Wow, you look terrible. You should really try to get some sleep. I did sleep, though, all day in my bed. This is just my God-given face. Ironic, isn't it? Sometimes sleep is elusive, and other times... Jill, you need to get out of bed. It's already past noon. I have no strength. I have no will to live. Just leave me alone. And not to mention the anxiety. Chill out, chill out, chill out. It's not that big of a deal. Just stop overreacting. You're right. I'm fine. I'm fine. Why are the walls closing in? If this scenario is all too familiar, today is your lucky day. Come to Debra World. Yay. Debra World is an amusement park for depression, heartbreak, and overall sadness. 
Come to our new swampy location in the Everglades and enjoy attractions like Bed on Wheels, where you just lay there and watch the world literally pass you by. When I was having non-stop anxiety, I took a trip to Dipper World to try their famous brown bag room. It's literally a giant paper bag full of other people hyperventilating. Exactly what I needed. You can also take a break in our man wash. If you haven't showered in days, we'll take your bed on wheels straight into our man wash and you don't even have to take off your sweatpants and torn band shirt. Yay! A highlight of Dipper World has got to be the rain stop. It's just an old bus stop with endless rain. Sometimes a car passes by and splashes you too. And you always miss the bus. Come to Debra World. Send us a text with your location, and if you feel like death, we'll pick you up in a black hearse. Debra World, the most melancholic place on earth. Yay! It's a world of lament, a world of tears. It's a world of woes and a world of fears. There's so much we regret. Let us never forget. It's a sad world after all. 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 It's a sad, sad world. Also, we we tend, even without having clinical depression, we tend to compare ourselves constantly so i'm also always like when i see somebody that's more organized than me right. or that looks like they're more put together than me i immediately feel like i'm comparing to my, myself to them immediately and feel yeah inferior to them and that's what, what we were talking about Danina, that that's without us having anything because we're the type of people that don't have depression so we can recognize the sadness we can recognize these negative emotions and knock on wood we can snap out of it and say you know what i don't have time today to feel sad i need to go to work but people and and in my experience with dealing with loved ones with depression, that a lot of times I get frustrated at them because I'm like, just do it. Just snap out of it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Which is like not the thing to say. No, why no, I don't say it to them directly. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you think it, you right. know, and then you're like, fuck, no, you have to like be yeah. a bit of bit more considerate. Like I, I, um, I was talking to Danny about this a, a while back because uh, he showed me a meme. He was like, look. This is what depression feels like. And it was a meme of this dude in his house with a giant black dog on his shoulders. Yeah. So some days the black dog was smaller. Yep. And some days the black dog would crush him on his bed. But in all the strips, the black dog is always there. Yep. Even when the black dog is tiny and it's in his pocket, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that, re- that cartoon like got embedded in my head. Yeah, I think there's times where I start to feel those thoughts. Um, but then I'm able to tell myself, I try to reframe it in my mind. And I talk back to those thoughts. No, my life is worth living. Look, I'm doing all these great things. Um, oh, what you're doing, for example, a lot of times I hear, oh, what you're doing is not good enough. And sometimes I'm like, don't let perfect get in the way of good. 
That's something I tell myself all the time. Yeah, I hear you say that all the time. Yeah, yeah. but I think that's a good proverb to live by because as a creative, you yeah. want to put stuff out there. Like, yes, it, you want it to be good, but you don't need to be pre- you don't need to feel the pressure of it always having to be good because that's just how life is. Like you don't put out an album and every song on that album is a single like it it's just you know yeah not everybody's lady gaga right plus there's different there's <laughs> right. ebbs and flows too yeah. it doesn't always have to be like i think like depression too just like the black dog it doesn't necessarily have to be oh, like a parent Right. It could be like a parent and not a parent in the sense of like a parent, but a parent like you could see it, like you could see the depression. Of course, because that's the whole thing of like when you have a broken leg, you put on a cast, you take some x-rays and you immobilize it for 15 days and you're good. There's also manic episodes. I don't know if that if you've ever experienced that. I know that with my husband's mom back in the day, she went through some crazy stuff. So it's like. Sometimes the depression starts as like uh, ideation. Like you start going, oh, yes, I'm going to do this. You you like you get oh, overwhelmed with a roller coaster of like you all these good things. You feel good. You're on a high. You're on a right. high. And then that's just the high of then you come down crashing. So then it's just like destructive behaviors. That's kind of like a what is the ice at the top of the mountain? And it just keeps creating like the snowball. A snowball avalanche. Yeah. So it's like you're high, you're riding the wave of the high, how you feel high and you feel good and you, and then the avalanche begins and it's just self-destructive behavior, whatever that may be. Yeah. Whatever it manifests itself as. That's a little bit more of a bipolar disorder. Right. Um, Like, uh, what is that other one with the, the, that you have multiple personalities? Well, there's also schizophrenia. Yeah. There's also like borderline, um, personality disorder, but that's more like a risk taking sort of disorder but yeah i haven't i haven't really felt mania where i'm like just like mania yeah i'm just like because i talk fast naturally because of my adhd um and like for example with mania you feel you have like grandiose like i'm gonna take over the world world domination um a lot of risky behavior so um feeling invincible enough to take huge risks that could yeah. put you you and your life in danger right that sort of or like not being able to sleep because you want to do all the things and you, you feel a lot of energy you're too energetic to sleep right right so and then comes the depression when you crash and you're just in bed for days so i haven't experienced mania but that's um, a part of that could be a part of but it i feel too. like all these things like uh, uh, we could all relate because I have felt at times, uh, and like we said before, the only difference is that it's never stopped me from, to quote Diane, living my life. Right. But I, I've felt manic in the past. You know what I mean? Like I've felt like I've rode that wave before, and then I've crashed in a smaller degree. So th- that's why when people are not empathetic about other people's struggles, and maybe it's because I've dealt with a lot of loved ones with depression, so maybe I'm more sensitive to it. But like. If you can't, you're relate, also very patient. I have to add that you are like probably the most patient of the three. Yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, because I grew up, my dad has depression, and my okay. dad was was depressed all his life. So I always grew up very aware of depression. My grandmother was very depressed, and my grandmother tried to kill herself. So like that was a and and I I specifically remember my mom doing her best effort to kind of keep us happy. 
You know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, my mom would be very engaging with me and my brother, especially when my when my dad was not feeling too well or he was, yeah, like... Yeah, so that you, his, you don't yeah. see that because, uh, too... Yeah. Claro. So in the sense, like, in, a, in my home, I had a very happy childhood because my home was a very safe place. But then looking back... I'm like, oh, snap, my dad was depressed. Like, he yeah. would lock himself up within himself. You know, he, he would um, sulk. Yeah. Or he would, uh, his, his coping mechanisms was eating garbage food. Right. Which in turn, you know, it was like, we learned that when we are sad, we eat something sweet to cheer you up. Right. It you know what I mean? sparks up the dopamine right. and all that. Pero entonces, claro, that develops into... All the other things, what we were talking about earlier about, like, I was a chubby kid. Why? Because in my house, when we were sad or when we were having some type of emotion, we would have a snack. Right. You know, a snack is the happy time. Like, Sunday is pancake day, and we're all going to make pancakes together, and it's going to be great. Right. Um, but and <laughs> for those of you at home, it's getting a little emotional here. But, yeah. you know, it's one podcast fits all. We can't be funny in every episode. And we felt like being real today because, you know what? After this last year where yeah. we spent a whole year locked up inside and being well, politicized and being polarized. I think everybody has had a da- about with some sort of Of depression. course. Yeah. And you know what? Not everything can be fun and jokes and not everything can be murder podcasts. And this is who we are. <laughs> and what you're listening to right now is the reason why we're funny. To to us and and from day one when I met Diane and Delina, we all knew that we had been bullied as a child because of our weight, and that's why we're hilarious. And right. it's it's what we were talking about, Robin Williams. Like if everybody in the world was shocked when Robin Williams killed himself. Yeah, we also had another um, brain. I forgot the name of the brain. Oh, disorder. he uh, he was uh, beginning um, Alzheimer's or dementia, something Ooh. like that. Uh, Robin Robin Williams, oh, and part of that, that, part of that was the trigger. Was uh, yeah, it, that's why he was as depressed. Louis body dementia. It was a form of dementia that he had. Jesus, yeah. But bueno, but it's a thing. A lot of comedians are depressed, and actually, and I also think too. I feel like uh, from the darkest places comes like the funniest comedy. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, yeah uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. But there's this meme that circulates every once in a while that shows like smiling faces of people who have committed suicide, and right. it, it's you know there's a big you know caption that says this is what depression looks like. Right. Might as well put my face on there too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at at the end of the day, I'm glad that we live in a time where it's more open to talk about these things. And we've talked about this before. This is why I love Gen Z, because they have finally opened up the floodgates to be able to communicate and be sensitive and be so open to all types of struggles. And now I feel like struggles keep getting more and more specific. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, also too, yeah, because we're finding out different things. And since everybody has a different way of going through this yeah yeah i recently had a a breakthrough on my own just surfing online and and looking and going through my own weight journey i'm convinced i have an eating disorder i just never had gone to that conclusion because it's such a taboo thing and it's and it's always associated to being skinny 
Right. Right. Nobody associates eating disorders to being overweight. There's also or binge, to there's, overeating and binge eating disorders and all that right. stuff. Y también eso, it has its own stigma. Right. Again, with the bullying. Oh, you're just your lack of self-control. You can't stop eating. You're a fatty. What, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. It's almost like your your brain is the biochemistry of your brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's like addiction. Exactly. It's addiction. You know, it could be a form of addiction. Exactly. But, um, yeah. But I just wanted to do a little incision. If you are having suicidal thoughts and if you think you need help, please dial the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. And also, if you're feeling depressed, send us an email, bro. Tell us your story. We'll read it. We'll reply to you either on the podcast or on email form. We are not licensed therapists, but we can be your friend. Yeah, but we're here. You know, yeah. like we are open to friendship and we are open to friendship. So let's let's end on a lighter note, <laughs> if possible. Right. Um, I feel like uh, especially in this times like Thanksgiving was last week. Um, one of the things that has helped me a lot whenever I'm feeling sad or whenever my partner is sad or anything, I try to be grateful for something. I know it's very cliche and very. No, it's it, but it works. Like yeah. to me, it works. I'm not just grateful about like I'm grateful that I don't have COVID and I'm alive and that I'm healthy and I have two hands and two legs. But like, let's get real specific. Like, let's say each of us something that we're grateful for today. I'm grateful for you guys. I know <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. Um, I think at when I feel these feelings, I I write them down. Just to, for example, I, I do see a therapist, but I can't always talk to my therapist or I can't always talk to a friend or because I might be having these thoughts at 2 a.m. in the morning. I just don't want to call someone. So sometimes I'll write these thoughts down and it's a catharsis and and sometimes, it, you know, I'm able to see it on paper. I'm like, oh, okay, this is not... This is not. You could take it to therapy to work. Yeah, you could take it. Yeah. And also, too, it's um, I tried the actually I read a book and I forgot the name of it. But one of the things that they meant uh, they mentioned is to think every morning to try to think of things that you're thankful for. Things that are good in your life. Um, and also just kind of talking back to those intrusive thoughts in my head. You know, oh, no one loves you. I'm like. Yes, your your husband is here in the house with you. He loves you. Right. Um, your sister called you yesterday. She called, ended the call. I literally be like, she ended the call with "I love you," so she loves you. No, she's lying. No, my sister's not the type of person. You know, I literally talk back to those thoughts. Exactly. I'm very grateful uh, for my lunch <laughs> today because I was very hungry and I got pollo tropical. Um, I got a little chop chop, and it was very healthy and delicious, and it felt good. I'm thankful for being able to have a creative outlet mm-hmm. and um, being so talented. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. No, but, I, but I, I've been given, I feel like I have been given a gift. Yeah. And I, for that, I'm thankful. Amen, sisters. Okay, guys, this was all for today. Please send us your thoughts. Send us your voice notes on Instagram if you want. Um, follow us everywhere. Tell your friends. And again, thank you for listening to One Podcast Fits All. We love you. Bye, everyone. See you next Bye. Tuesday.